we, um, we have an incredible kind of uh, moment here planned. We're gonna have a panel interview with three incredible women uh, to just talk about the beautiful gift and calling of motherhood. Uh, but before we uh, invite them up and get into that, uh, we just wanna acknowledge up front, like this can be a difficult like day that's kind of full with mixed emotions. Um, you know, because there's a lot to celebrate, a lot to um, be thankful for in terms of the way that we've been blessed by influential women in our lives, but it also can be a time when we, um, you know, think about how we might miss a mother that we've lost, um, how we might have a broken relationship between a parent and a child, whether you're the son or daughter or the parent, that that can be um, really challenging, um, that maybe you're in this journey of motherhood and it's just not kind of going the way that you thought. And so a day like today can be hard because um, it kind of has you reflecting on that. Um, or maybe you kind of find yourself in a situation where you kind of are longing to be a mom and that has not yet come to fruition. And so that can be hard to kind of wrestle with that unfulfilled dream on a day like today. Uh, or maybe you don't have a longing to be a mom, and that is totally fine, because sometimes in the church it can seem like, oh, the pinnacle of life is being a parent or being married, and that is certainly not true, that God uh, has an incredible plan and purpose for you, whether you feel called to be a parent um, or not. And so, um, with all that to say, is we wanna celebrate the gift and calling of, of motherhood today, but uh, it's only one role, one of the many incredible callings that God has on the life of women, And so um, today our hope is that this is an encouragement to you, um, that God would speak through this panel conversation we're going to have uh, to your specific circumstance in life that you have right now. Um, and we have a very uh, diverse group of stages of life represented up here. And so, um, yeah, the hope is that God would bring healing with their needs to be healing, that God would encourage you, that God would... Um, you know, convict you in places and, and all that. And so, um, so it's gonna be an incredible service and super excited for this. So before um, we invite up our panelists, just wanna tell you a, a second about who they are. So we have three incredible women who'll be up here. One is uh, Jess, and she is one of our youth pastors. She's on our teaching team rotations. So you've seen her up here many times if you've been around. She's also uh, doing leadership development with our Fairfax lead. She oversees that. And so um, then our second panelist is Kayla Neal, and she is our creative arts pastor, and you've seen her up here many times leading us in worship, and she just has an incredible impact here in her leadership. And then our third panelist is Donna Stafford, and yep, it's a big deal. It's a huge deal. She is the wife of our senior pastor, Rod, who's been here for 36 years, something like that. And she's been there every step of the way. And uh, let me tell you, she loves the spotlight. Um, and she is super extroverted. And so, um, no, but I hope you, you know, just, it's just such a gift to be able to have her be up here. And so, um, if you guys could welcome them up to the stage, give them a massive welcome here. So guys, come on up. Great, so thank you guys for being here. Uh, we just wanna start with you giving a quick uh, intro about you, uh, mainly your family, and uh, about, about your stage of life, okay? Yeah, good morning. 
Uh, happy Mother's Day. Uh, my name's Jess Eitvlacht, and um, I think we have a, a picture of all of my people. Um, yeah, that's, that's everybody. So uh, the handsome bearded man on that side <laughs> is my brother, Matthew. Uh, and then his wife, Kelsey, and Beckett and Monroe are um, my niece and nephew, my nephew and niece. Beckett and Monroe's the older, Beckett's the older one, the boy. Rose, the girl. And then my mom and dad. So that's my mom, Sudi. Happy Mother's Day, mom. She's watching. My parents attend our church uh, from their home in Oklahoma and not just on the weeks that I preach. Um, in fact, uh, I didn't tell them that I was talking today and they're uh, likely watching. So um, surprise. And I definitely didn't tell her I was talking about her today. So this will be fun for all of us. Um, my dad is next to her. His name is Steve. And then uh, the handsome man on the far side in the navy blue is my husband, Kevin, and my girls, Ella and Annalise. Ella is the older one. So those are my people. Ella is five and Annalise is two and a half. Awesome. <laughs> yep, we give it up for that. I'm Donna Stafford, and I'm terrified. Um, so I wore all black today, hoping that I would channel some of Rod. Um, so I have been married for 43 years, and I have two amazing kids and seven grandkids, and a wonderful uh, people that my kids love and care for, who I'm so glad that they have found the people in their lives that make them happy. And these are my lovely grandchildren. They range from age 18 to the last one who just turned two. So this is Emma, Sammy, Max, and Cozy. Those are my daughter's children and then Tanner, Landry, and Campbell. And they are the joy of my life. Mm. Hi, you guys know me. Hi, I'm Kayla. Um, so I'm gonna introduce you guys to my family. Um, so I will start over there. So that is my little brother, Christian, who is six foot two. Um, myself and my mom, Laura, who will be at the 1115 service. Um, below that is my mom's mom, Abuelita. And then over there to the right is my dad, Milton. And then, very important, that is Coco. I just adopted him on Wednesday. What? Yes. Yeah, we're, we're still uh, adjusting. And uh, he's two months old. And then to the right of that is my other grandmother, my abuelita Eva, and my brother and I, we were in El Salvador visiting her. And then all the way to the far right is my honey bunny, who is my firstborn child. She is a year and a half <laughs> years old. Um, so uh, that is my family. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, that's awesome. Oh, great. Thank you guys so much. Um, okay, so um, we are going to be talking a lot about um, Motherhood and your three different very perspectives on that in your stage of life. But the one thing you guys all have in common is that you have a mom. And I uh, would love for you to just briefly talk about a favorite quality or memory or something she said to you that has meant a lot to you. Um, so, uh, Kayla, we'll start with you and then we'll go back this way. Wow, you didn't tell me you were going to start with me. Jeez, <laughs> I was chilling over here <laughs> waiting for them to answer. 
Um, so my mom, like I said, my mom's name is Laura. Um, she is gonna be here at the 1115 service. Um, but my mom, oh man, my mom and I have been through a lot together. I'm sure that you guys can relate. Um, we're gonna talk about this a little bit later, but being a daughter um, can be hard sometimes. Being a mom, I don't know, but I assume can be hard if I was your daughter. Um, I adore my mom. Um, and that is not to say that things were easy. Um, I grew up in a broken home. Uh, my parents separated when I was 11. Um, there was emotional implications to that, physical health implications to that. Um, so my mom and I have been through a lot together. Um, and that has obviously made us really, really close um, and things that we are um, kind of even still unpacking together to this day. Um, what it looks like uh, to be an adult child and to be an adult daughter. Um, but I think the most important thing that I wanted to share about my mom is the fact that I would not be here without her in many different ways. Obviously, she gave birth to me, um, but she was the spiritual leader in my household um, all growing up. I heard that that's pretty common, actually, that three out of four women, that their moms are the spiritual leaders of their household. Um, my mom is the one who bought me my first Bible. My mom's the one who took me to church, um, despite anything else that was going on in life. Um, so I am very, very grateful uh, to my mom for many, many things, but especially that. Awesome. Um, so I was raised in a Christian home, and my mom, though, still had her own problems that she dealt with, and she was also a working mom. And, but I remember a vivid memory when I was nine years old, I had mono, and my mom came up to my bedroom with communion. And she taught me what it was to take communion. And that, I think, really was the beginning of my own personal faith journey was that experience. And then over the years when I would go and visit her, no matter how old I got, um, she would always have a little gift basket waiting for me in the bedroom of all the kinds of treats and candies and little gifts that um, I liked. And that was kind of her love language to me. She's been gone now about eight years and I miss, I miss having a mom. So that is, mm. that's, those thoughts and, and memories bring me a lot of joy. So uh, Sudi Sellers is, uh, is a force. She, um, gosh, we're on Mother's Day talking about three of the most important people in my whole life, my two girls and my mom. So I'm probably gonna be emotional at multiple points throughout the course of this morning. But um, my mom uh, loves with her life. She, um, she would tell you, as isn't anything that, that she wouldn't admit herself, that words don't come easily to her but um, she lives her life letting you know how much she loves you. And um, that's been true um, since the day I was born. She married somebody who lives his life telling you how much he loves you. Um, my father uh, is, uh, he 
if I have any gift of putting words together to make a sentence, I get it from him. Um, he uh, has spent, since the day I was born, telling me all of the ways that he thinks I am the best thing that ever happened to him, aside from my mother and my brother, which he always caveats, it's always equal all the way. Um, and so I grew up with these two people, one who lived her life letting me know she loved her through her actions, and one who lived his life making sure that I never questioned who I was with his words. And um, I, Recommended, 10 out of 10, would grow up in that house again. So um, I, two thumbs up for that. So um, that, um, but my mom, um, she's just, she's extraordinarily hardworking. Uh, that's a value on her side of the family that, sh that was passed down from her parents is that hard work is, uh, and hard, being a hardworking person is one of the highest compliments you can give someone. And, uh, and so that is just true of her. And um, so yeah, she's, she's fantastic. I love her. Oh, thanks, for guys, for sharing. Um, I think uh, whatever you'd recommend, the, house, the, the, the star is of the household you grew up in. I think that uh, when you become adults, you can look back and see some of the, the, the blessings and, and gifts and all of that. And um, I'm super excited to, to start to talk uh, specifically about each of your stages of life because uh, you guys have very different perspectives at this point in your journeys. And... Um, and so we wanna talk uh, about the gift and the, and the calling of motherhood, some of the challenges with that, how you've seen God at work in the midst of it. And so, uh, Jess, we're gonna start with you. You, as you mentioned, you are a mother of two girls that are five and under, and uh, you also work full-time in ministry. And so we'd just love to start off with you sharing about some of the challenges of having this like dual calling of like, I'm a mom full-time and I'm working full-time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, I've been thinking a lot about this, about how to talk about this idea, because um, I think I share and hear enough, I'm on record pretty clearly, as loving what I do so much. And um, that is not something that every working mom gets. In fact, uh, if it's okay with you, I'd like to tell you some more things that I am, and get the gift of, that I know not every working mom does. For example, and I'm not just saying this because his wife is sitting two feet from me uh, or he's gonna watch this. Um, I, uh, I want you to know, particularly as tithing members of this congregation, that this church supports me as a working mom um, more than I could imagine. Uh, that, that me being who I need to be as a mom here in this place has never been questioned, never pushed back on. I've never felt like, I hear this sometimes from other places, um, some of you probably have felt this way before, I've never felt like I needed to work like I didn't have kids and then needed to parent like I didn't have to work. And that is a testament to my boss, to Rod, and a testament to my husband, Kevin, uh, that I have been allowed to fully live into both of those roles. Um, I want you to know that uh, my children run around this building like they own it, and uh, they're here. Ella has been in this building more days than not, with the exception of the period of time when we weren't working here during COVID. Ella has been in this building more days of her life than not, uh, and it's never even, I mean, Rod has never batted an eye at her running around while I'm trying to have a meeting, right? It's just never been a thing, and that's a gift that I know uh, I get that not everyone gets, and so I want to, I want to acknowledge that really clearly, um, and I have an incredible partner in Kevin who um, works very hard to carry the load with me in every way. And so um, not every woman gets that who's trying to, um, trying to mother. So, and I'm sure there are things that I'm forgetting, that I, the privileges that I have that not everyone has. And yet there is still this sense of scarcity 
that just runs rampant over my life sometimes. The sense of like, and some of it is like because it's so good, right? I love my job so much that I feel guilty when I'm not giving it. I know that every choice I make to prioritize one thing means I'm taking away from something else that I love. So when I'm at work, I'm taking away from time at home with my kids. When I'm at home with my kids and my husband, I'm taking away from something at work, right? Like we don't do as many evening activities in the youth group as we did when I was single because I now, you know, those are, those are precious hours of the day for me that I know I don't get back. Um, and, uh, you know, now we have, if I, every, every trip that I take away, I have several different opportunities to be a part of things um, outside the walls of, of the church. And every trip I take away is hard on my family. And yet there are some of those things that I feel so strongly called to. I can't imagine saying no to them. And I wish I could do more and, and be more. And so there's this constant sense. And I know this is I'm guessing this would be true if I was working or not. <laughs> There's this constant sense of not enoughness, this guilt that I am never giving my best effort to anything that I'm doing because I constantly have this pull to go be somewhere else and do something else. So things are being left undone at home because I have to go to work and things are being left undone at work because I have to go home. And that is really hard for a person who, and I'm not saying it's a, it's a bad thing, but a person who grew up with hard work being the measure, right? Like the highest compliment I can get is that I'm a hard worker and so feeling like things are falling short and I'm not meeting that my, the standard I have set for myself, right? Nobody else is like setting the standard for me. But uh, the standard I've set for myself, I feel like I am constantly falling short of. And so that, um, I, I, that's, that's the hardest thing I think for me. Yeah. No, thank you uh, for sharing that. And um, it's certainly, uh, you know, whether you're, you're a parent or, or whatever your stage of life, I think we can relate to the idea of like we're limited and we can't be everything that we want to be. And um, Jess, I'd love to you for you to build on that and talk about you've been a mom now for five years. And so you've been being a parent is like you're constantly in motion. Things are constantly changing. You're constantly uh, adapting. And how are you seeing God work in that? What have you learned? How has he been shaping you in the midst of you trying to navigate this like constant tension? Yeah, well, in a lot of ways. Um, but the one that I want to talk about and that I think, um, I think maybe there's some of you out there today that could hear this is that, um, so I mentioned, I grew up with these, with these incredible parents and, um, one of the things that was always true about them growing up is that the, uh, the outcome wasn't quite as important as the effort that I had put into it, right? It's consistent with this hard work idea. So if I bring home a report card and there's a grade on there that is not maybe uh, up to snuff, where the rest of my grades are, what, what I'm normally doing for a report card. Um, the, there was not punishment because of the grade. There was simply the question, well, was this the best you could do? Was this your best effort? And if the answer was yes, then that was the end of the conversation. There was no, there weren't, I never got consequences for bad grades. I didn't get that many bad grades. I don't you know, but still, when I got them, and I did, uh, there were never consequences for them because what my parents cared about was, was this your best effort? Was this the best that you could do? And because they were living with me, my answer of yes, this was the best I can do wasn't questioned because they saw how hard I was working all the time. They saw this constant effort. You know, they saw me staying up late and, and studying and doing all the things. And so they believed me. The thing that's been hard about the the hard work now is that there's no report card. 
There's no like end point where the class is over and someone tells me I did a good job, right? And there's no point in, there's no point in parenting where someone says like, wow, I saw that you worked really hard. And so that might not have worked out, but you know, like something bad might've happened, but I saw how hard you worked. Like that doesn't happen in parenting very often. It happens sometimes. I got a beautiful text from my mother-in-law this morning uh, telling me how, how great she thinks I'm doing, which I meant a lot to me. But for the most part, um, it's all kind of invisible, right? It's this whole thing in the mama sphere that we've been talking about a lot lately, about this mental load, right? You all, you all, all of the mothers in the room know exactly what I'm talking about. This mental load of all the things that we're holding up here, working out in our heads that, um, that doesn't get talked about. So here's what I wanna say. Um, there's this narrative in church world that like, God knows what you're doing in the dark. God knows who you are when no one else is looking. God knows who you actually are. And I would just like to flip that on its head for a second, because I think we usually talk about it in the negative, like, you know, as though there's the people that we are in the dark as bad people. But for me, that's been so freeing because the one who does see what I'm doing in the dark, which is often rocking a baby back to sleep or lying awake wondering, especially in those early years, wondering if the baby is still breathing um, and all those things. And I, as I get, as I get older, what I hear is lying awake, hoping that they're healthy, hoping that they're making good choices, lying awake, waiting for the garage door to go up when they pull into the driveway. The things that moms are often doing in the dark, plus all the rest of the invisible things that moms do. The one who it's never invisible to is God. And so the one who is seeing every bit of hard work that I'm putting into this and every bit of hard work that you are putting into it yeah. is God. Thank you, Jess, for sharing that. Um, and it's, it's amazing to, uh, I'm a guy who has no kids, you know, so take this for, but, um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know if you guys know, but Jess was my youth pastor. So Jess has known me since I was One a of kid. my proudest moments. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, it, it is a, it's a privilege and an honor to, um, yeah. To know Jess, to see her navigate these things, she's so wise, she's so passionate about her family and passionate about her ministry, and so, yeah, uh, just thank you for sharing that. And um, my last kind of thought for you, question for you, is uh, just any little things you wanna share about like practically how you as a mom are uh, trying to instill your strong faith for Jesus like in them and and. Some, some practical things of what you're trying to do right now with uh, five and two, two-year-old, you know, so how yeah, you're doing yeah. that, yeah. So I don't have any outcomes for you to point to yet as we have established, <laughs> all right? So take this for what it's worth. Um, but I, uh, faith is caught, not taught. So it really, for me, matters less that they, uh, that we are talking about it, which we are, and more that they're just seeing it lived out constantly. Um, and so it's one of the reasons why I'm glad that they're around so much is because they, Ella doesn't really understand what a pastor does. Uh, she thinks that Rod's job is to stand up here and talk on Sundays and she's not really sure beyond that what it is that my boss does. And if you're, if you're thinking to yourself, me either, then we can talk afterwards because it's extensive. Or probably you, but really is the one they should talk to. But anyway, um, so faith is caught, not taught. And so uh, I want them to see us just doing it 
I want them to see me preaching and to see me meeting with students. They are with me. They're with the big kids all the time. The big kids are so, so good to them. Um, And so that's a big part of it. The other thing that I have been asked about a lot lately, and so I'll take a minute to just say it again here, is that I wrote prayers for both girls, different prayers for both girls when they were babies. God and I wrote them together. Another thing that we did in the dark together. And um, they're very different, different prayers for two very different little girls. But I wrote them when they were infants, like early weeks. And I pray these prayers over them pretty much every night before they go to bed. Um, I try to do it out loud before they fall asleep. But sometimes, like the other night, Annalise says, no praying. And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> uh, but they're really different prayers. And I wrote them with a lot of intentionality. Um, because I wanted them to be true no matter what they ended up doing with their lives. I wanted this to be about their character and about their faith and about who God was to them and not about some other outcome. And so, um, and I pray them over them because I, I've heard this thing that like it's, it's your parents' voices when you're, like later on it's your parents' voices that you hear in your head. And so I just want the words of these prayers to be so in their bones Like I want it to be in their marrow. I want these prayers to be just a part of who they are. That someday when I am no longer here, that it's my voice praying these things over them about who I hope they are and who I hope God is to them that just never leaves them their whole lives. And so um, that's uh, one of the most practical things I can can suggest is to just um, pray for your kids so that they can hear what it is that you're praying for. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so now, Donna, we're gonna come over to you. And um, so you're a mom, you've got your fully grown children, you have seven grandkids, you have all this wisdom, all-star grandma. And um, so, you know, as you kinda, you know, we'd love to just hear uh, at this point in your life kinda how you reflect back on, you know, your time as being a mom, especially when they were growing up and, you know, all of that and all of, you know, your experience and, um, yeah. So I don't really know how much wisdom I have. I think that as you grow older, you know, just your life experiences and the fact that you've had all this time to grow and learn, that's where my wisdom comes Mm. from. And again, I want to reiterate how great my kids are. Like, I'm so blessed to have two amazing kids who are strong, independent Mm. people, but in spite of that, you know, they both had very different personalities when they were growing up. So um, one was feisty, we shall say, and very independent, kind of like her dad. And one was more compliant and easygoing and kind of was more under the radar with stuff because he was just so joyful. And so he probably got away with a lot more things than I'm aware of. And I've actually been told this. Um, So good job, Zach. (laughs) But I don't think there's any mom who has raised children who has not like looked back and wished they had done better. Like I wish that I had not been so strict because I've been told I was very strict. Or I wish that I um, could have figured out their love language better. Or I wish I had put them in more activities or maybe not put them in so many activities. Or 
I wish I had been more involved in their school or, I mean, there's so many things that as when you look back at your adult children and the choices that they've made through the years, you just kind of can't help but go to that place, right? Well, maybe if I'd done this differently, then that wouldn't have happened. Or maybe they would have done this differently. But at the end of the day, I think what God has taught me is that, you know, we're not responsible for all the decisions that our kids make. And, you know, God created us, we're his children. And yet I know that I do not always make decisions that he is proud of. But he's not responsible for those decisions that I make. And he still loves me, he still cares about me. He still um, shows up and loves me where I'm at. And I think as a parent, that's where I've always tried to be, just to show up where my kids are at and, and just to love them unconditionally. Uh, thanks you, Donna. I'd, I'd love for you to kind of add on to that. Um, just as you have, you know, often reflected back on your journey as a mom, and now that you are a grandma of seven beautiful uh, grandkids, um, you know, how has that shaped, how has that shaped you? Uh, how has that kind of shaped your kind of calling to, um, you know, be a grandma in this season? Um, yeah. Well, I think like Jess was talking about the fact that, you know, you're torn when you're a parent and you're raising your kids mm. because you have all this responsibility because you're not just um, raising them, you're also like working or you're shopping and you're preparing the meals and you're cleaning the house and you're trying to be a good um, friend or a good, a good wife and you're torn in so many different directions that um, maybe I wasn't always present because my mind was off thinking about all the things that I needed to do or that I was doing. And as a grandparent, I have this awesome gift of the fact that I don't have that responsibility. <laughs> I don't have to worry about if their teeth are brushed or or if they've hit their sister, well, sometimes. Um, sometimes I have to address that. Or if they've been unkind, or if their grades are bad, or, or they're not trying hard enough. I don't, I don't have any of those responsibilities. Mm. And instead, I just get to have the joy of being with my grandkids and being present. And I am blessed to be able to um, have a job. I own a bed and breakfast in our home that allows me to uh, spend time with my grandkids in ways that I probably wouldn't have been able to. Mm. And what's great is now my 18-year-old, who's getting ready to graduate and go off to college, so I will miss her greatly because one day a week she comes over and she works with me and helps me with the bed and breakfast. And then what's funny is I get to be with Campbell a couple days a week and um, I'll be in the room, I'm trying to clean it. And she comes in and she gets into the shower and I'm like, Campbell, get out of the shower. And she 
raises her little paper towel and she goes, cleaning, cleaning. And she starts like cleaning the shower. And it's pretty awesome that I've just been blessed with this opportunity to spend time with them in ways that, you know, so many grandparents aren't able to, either because of distance or they're still, their, their job doesn't allow them to do that. And I'm able to do that and have a different perspective on it as well. Like, okay, so I love crafts and I love baking. And we just redid our kitchen this last year. And I had three of the grandkids over and the island was covered with stuff like paint and glitter and flour and sugar and everything. Rod walks in and he looks at me and he goes, yeah, I can't be here. And he turned around and walked out. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, I just I... kept like talking to myself going, this is what it's for. This is what it's for. And I think when I was a young mom, I became a mom at 23. And I thought I knew everything, right? Because I was married, I had a baby, and you know, I was an adult, so to speak. And you know, I look back and I'm like, yeah, no, I really wasn't. And now I have this different perspective that I get to be with them in a way that I, I wasn't always able to be with my kids. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And um, anything, just real quick, Donna, last thing, anything you wanna just add on in terms of this current season right now, like how um, you kind of see your faith intersecting with this kind of calling to grandmotherhood, uh, this beautiful gift, anything you kind of wanna add about specifically, practically with that, how you're living that out? So 36 years at Fairfax, and believe it or not, I have been involved in every ministry there is, including being on the worship team. Sorry, I'm not even a singer. <laughs> but back when they needed warm bodies, um, I was the warm body up on stage and I could smile and sing. And as an introvert, you can imagine what that was like, but luckily we we're a very small, small congregation. And so as, as time went on and the church grew, I was able to let go of those things that I really wasn't called to. You're welcome. Um, and, and focus on the things that I was called to. And during that time, we started our business. I have a gift of hospitality. I love hosting people. We have had people live with us for a long period of time over the years. And so was able to start that, um, that business. But then I kept like struggling like, but what is my calling? What am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be doing at Fairfax? And it really wasn't until recently. I mean, I've been a grandmother 18 years that God just kind of like in a very clear and loud voice. And I get goosebumps even as I'm talking about it. Like, this is your calling. You're, you being a grandma is your calling because you have these these kids who need you and, and need to know who Jesus is and who need to know that you're present and there for them. You know, two years ago, God gave us this gift when we were going through a really difficult time and her name is Campbell. And the last two years with Ra's diagnosis, she has brought such incredible joy to us 
and she loves her grandpa. Like, if he's not home, she goes to the office and she goes, Grandpa. And I'm like, yeah, he's at work or he's on a trip. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I, I guess I'm stuck with you. But I'm just so thankful, you know, I look at each one of them and the different stages of life that they're in. And I think I have more clarity now as a grandparent than I did as a parent to understand who they are and what their gifts are and what a blessing they are to my life. And I have to say, shout out to one of my grandkids because just before I came up on the stage, I got a text from one of them who said, happy Mother's Day. I'm so glad I get to spend so much time with you, Grandma. I love you. I mean, there's no more, mm. better affirmation than that. Wow. Uh, you know, as you talked, it was just two quick reminders. One is just the incredible power of a loving grandma who loves Jesus and, you know, is intentionally loving and discipling their grandkids. And then secondly, just as you've journeyed, it's like discovering your calling and God's purpose for you in a season of life is like changing constantly. And you're constantly trying to discern that. And I appreciate you just sharing a bit about your journey with that. So, yeah, I think. I think sometimes it's just so easy to think, you know, I'm not doing enough. I wish I could be on the worship team. Um, and you just have to, I had to stop and look at where, where is God calling me where I'm at? Mm -hmm. Not longing for somewhere that I'm not called for. And I think that's been the biggest lesson that I've learned this year, just this year. And I'm, look at me, <laughs> I'm old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Donna. Thank you. Kayla, yep, yep, yep. That's <laughs> Kayla. So, um, Kayla, you are not a mom, but you are a daughter and um, a young adult who's not that far. Wow, thank you. <laughs> not that far removed from, you know, your adolescence and upbringing sure, and sure. all this stuff. And so, um, you know, now that I'm 30, I can call Kayla Young. Anyway, so. I'm 28, so, you know, like, I'm in my 20s. <laughs> okay. Oh, gosh. Okay. So, um, yeah, we'd love to just have you share first a bit about kind of your journey and challenges, how that's kind of shaped your identity now as a young adult. Cause you know, as you become a young adult, you're processing like, who am I and what do I believe? And you know, all this stuff. Yeah. Um, before I talk about that, I actually just want to say, uh, the two women to my right are some of the most amazing women that I have ever met in my whole life. I need to look at both of you in your eyeballs. Um, they have mentored me um, in so many ways. Um, so as much as obviously we're talking about family and we're talking about what it means, I mean, I've said this sometimes on a Sunday, but this is your family. Um, everybody around you, everybody who's sitting in the seats, um, God designed us this way. He gave us a family of origin, but he also gave us a family of God. Um, and I'm not gonna cry, it's fine. Um, Donna has been, um, such a gift to my life, um, stepping into roles, into places that I never thought that God would place me. Um, and she was there and she loved me the same way that she said that she described that she loved her kids, mm -hmm. just being there and just loving me where I was at. So I'm grateful for Donna and Jess. 
um, has paved the way for women in leadership in ways that I will never, ever be able to thank her for. Um, and the way that she balances her life is something that I look up to immensely. Um, so I just feel honored that I even get to be here um, and that I even get to share the little bit that I have learned in my uh, 28 years of uh, life, you know. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. That's great. Um, but I feel privileged, um, I feel privileged to have the, the chance to look back. Um, I'm a daughter. I'm also a granddaughter um, to two amazing grandmothers. Um, and like a lot of our stories, especially in this area, um, their lives were a lot different than mine was growing up. And I think a big part of being an adult, being a, a young adult, um, is being able to make the shift from seeing your mom as a mom to seeing your mom as a person and to seeing your grandparents as people and the whole life that they had before, during, and after raising you um, and the, the unique things that they had to go through in order to raise you. Um, so for example, I have two, I have a, strong, strong history of strong women in my family, um, especially on my dad's side. And this is something that I didn't even learn until recently. Um, but my, I call her Abuelita Eva. She's from El Salvador. Hey, what's up? Um, she um, is my hero. She, um, again, I just wouldn't be here without the women in my life. Um, she was 27 when she came to this country, um, and she was a single mom, and um, she came here, didn't speak the language, still doesn't really speak the language, um, and she brought my dad and his two siblings here to this country, um, and she changed my life forever. Uh, I do not understand, you know, we go through hard things, I go through hard things, um, but I will never understand the type of grit um, and the type of faith that she had to have um, in something in order to do that. Um, my other grandmother moved across the world, got married. She was living in Spain, born and raised, and came to an entirely different context here in the States. Um, and my mom, I know I touched on this a little bit, but she grew up all over the world. So for all intents and purposes, uh, she felt like an immigrant in this country, even though she was born here. And a lot of things that happened to me when I was a daughter were new to her too. Um, and I think that that's something that we, we don't talk about that much, of the things that moms have to learn in order to walk alongside and to parent their daughters. Um, my mom, you know, she learned what prom was for the first time with me. Um, she learned what SATs were, what SOLs were. I grew up in this area. Um, she learned all of that with me. And so looking back and seeing my mom as someone who, um, she took an unfamiliar situation um, through generations and generations, and she loved me through that, and she raised me through that, um, is just something that I have so much respect for now as as a grown as a grown child, 
Um, I think something that we talk about a lot with being a child is honoring your parents. And obviously there is biblical truth to that. Um, but sometimes it can be hard to know what it looks like, especially when your relationship wasn't always the picture-perfect relationship, which let's be honest, none of us have a picture-perfect relationship with our mom or our parent. Um, and figuring out how to do that, I think, has been the work of adulthood. Figuring out how to have the relationship, not just continuing the brokenness or the dynamic that we used to have when I was a teenager or when I was a kid. What does it look like to be a healed adult? That's my work. What does it look like to be um, 28 years old, to be healed from the things that happened in my childhood in order to have a healthy relationship with my mom. I think sometimes when we're adults, we think that all the work is done and we figured it all out as far as our relationship with our parents. And I am deeply committed, um, especially knowing that there has been a lot of hurt and a lot of pain in our story. I am deeply committed to having a healthy relationship with my mom. And that requires a lot of me. Um, therapy is wonderful. I'm sure we will talk a little bit about that in a second. Um, but yeah, just figuring out what that looks like and keeping it new and not staying in the ways that things used to be. Yeah. So final question for you, Kayla, um, and uh, appreciate you sharing just a bit about your journey as a daughter and, and what that means for us when we become adults. And now in this current season, you're making an incredible impact here at the church in your leadership role. And you've shared with me, like you have this dream of one day having a family, but it's like, I'm trying to figure out like what God has for me now in the church and my life. And so I would love to just hear, uh, yeah, your perspective and sharing, um, yeah, on like, finding that right now in the season of your life. Yeah, so I'm sure, I mean, all of you guys can also speak to this, but um, so yeah, if you didn't gather by now, I'm not a mom. Um, so I am single and um, I'm 28, like we said. Um, and this isn't true for everybody, but for me, I do have a desire to eventually get married and to have a family of my own. Um, when I was little, I wrote a card to myself. I was like 12 and I wrote a card to myself to open when I was 25. And I didn't open it until I was 25, okay? I solemnly swear. And it said, top secret, only open if you're Kayla Garcia Neal. And it was written in highlighter and pink pen. And um, I opened it when I was 25, so three years ago. And it told me all of these things that my life should be. And it was like, you should be famous and you should be married to whoever the cool Disney Channel guy is, uh, you know, at the time. <laughs> I loved uh, Dylan and Cole Sprouse, the Sprouse twins from Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. No, okay. And um, in it, uh, my 12-year-old self was like, well, if you're not married yet, you better get on that, period, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and I read it. Obviously, I wasn't married yet at that time. Anyway, we all have these, like, you know, these dreams of how our life is going to turn out, right? And we have these expectations of how things are going to be. And... Sometimes that's just not the case. And I think a lot of this season for me is, what do I do with that? Because I firmly believe that God has a purpose and a plan for every single day that we're alive. 
So if I'm alive and if I wake up and I'm breathing today, <laughs> there is a reason and a purpose for this season. Um, this is not just a season that we bypass. And I think that that's something that we, um, we get wrong in the church. And I've been really lucky to be able to grow up in this church where at least from our leadership and from our staff and from our senior pastor, I never feel othered or shamed because I'm single or because I don't have kids. But I know that that's not everybody's experience. And I know that there's other circles that are outside of the church that can also you know, be judgmental depending on whatever they feel like is missing in your season. So whether you're married and you don't have kids or you're trying to have kids, maybe you've lost a kid, maybe you're a single mom, there's so many different things where the expectation of what you thought your life would be and what it actually is just doesn't match up. Um, and I just, if I could do one thing today, if I could say one thing today um, to every single woman who's here, every single person who's here, is that it is okay. And it's gonna be okay. Because the God of the universe is writing your story. He knows you, he knows your desires, and he is not a deceitful God. He's not a God who plays tricks on you or who withholds good things from you because he likes to lord it over you. He is a God who knows you and loves you. And I believe in a God who is infinitely creative with your story and who is never late. And the same way that each and every one of us has a unique story, God also has a unique redemption story for your life. So whether there's a dream that you feel like you haven't seen come to pass, or you feel like you've missed it, or you've miscarried a dream. I know that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I know that my season is so much more than my marital status or whether I have kids or not. <laughs> Thank you for clapping, you don't need to. <laughs> I, I also want to encourage just one last thing, so yep. sorry. I want to encourage women, y'all, if you are in a comparison loop, please stop. Please stop. There is a reason that God created you the way that you are. God decides how he creates people. And he chose to create you the way that you are. He chose the way that you are because he loves you and he thinks that you're beautiful and you're wonderful and he has a unique purpose that only you can fulfill as you. That is probably one of the hardest things is the comparison of like, oh dang, am I far enough ahead in this way? Am I behind in this way? Am I, am I where I should be? You know, what does it look like to be 28? What does it look like to be here? And if you're stuck comparing it to everybody else, you're gonna miss your life. 
you're gonna miss what God has for you. And I can guarantee you that whatever he has planned is way better than whatever I've conjured up in my head. He is so good. And again, he doesn't play tricks. And the way that he created you and the time that he has prepared for you to experience things on this side of heaven, he is with you through all of it. And it's not because of anything that you did or didn't do or were, were not enough for. Yeah. Thank you, Kayla. <laughs> yeah. Such a, such well, a power. I, can I comment on that? Yeah, for sure, yeah. I, I just want to build on what she was saying about the comparison because I think we all do that. Like, we do that even as parents. When we look at someone else's kids and we think that they have it all together or someone else's marriage or whatever and we compare ourselves and then there's social media that puts it out there that we think that everybody has it all together. And I can't even tell you how many conversations I've had with people who... I thought had it all together yeah. and I find out that no this relationship with with their child is broken or this marriage you know they're going to a counselor which by the way is never a bad idea or whatever and I think we just really don't know the true stories of what people are going through and that's why I think comparison can be so dangerous because we don't know anybody's story and they don't know our story and we're so we're so forgiven and blessed by a God who loves us amen like where we are and who and who does know our future and has a plan for us yeah that's really great and uh, I just want to end with you Jess if you could just offer one final word of encouragement uh, to our moms uh, here to grandmothers on, on Mother's Day just one final word real quick. I feel like I needed the words that were just offered. <laughs> so um, I say often that uh, the, the kid that God gave you was the right one for you. Whoever it is that you're raising, um, that wasn't a mistake, that you didn't get the wrong kid. Your kid wouldn't be better off if they had a different kind of parent your kid wouldn't be better off if, uh, if, if they had someone else raising them. Um, that God doesn't make those kinds of mistakes. And that doesn't mean that, that you're perfect. I'm not. It doesn't mean that our parents don't do things that we end up um, needing to heal from later on. They do. Um, but you can do this. And, uh, and it's never too late to make up for a mistake you've made in the past and to start again and to keep working on it. And, um, and so I just, I pray that every parent in this room, regardless of what stage of parenting you are in, uh, will leave this place knowing that God walks with you in the dark and in the day and in the joy and in the sorrow. And, um, and that so do we, because you have walked with me for the five years that I've been parenting and, uh, and I'm so grateful for all of you that have done that. And, uh, and so we, we walk together. So thank you, church, for loving all of us so well. And um, pray that you continue to love one another that well. Thank you guys so much for, yeah. <laughs>
Thank you for uh, your vulnerability. Thank you for being up here today and for just uh, sharing your story and perspective with us. Can you guys show them one more round of appreciation? Would you uh, bow your heads and pray with me here today? God, I just pray a blessing over all of the moms, of the grandmothers, of the influential women um, in this room and in our lives, God. Father, I pray that you'd bless them, give them all that they need to meet the demands, to love those in their life well. God, we pray, um, God, that your uh, just anointing and your power and the power of your spirit would come upon them, God, that they would walk and not grow weary, God, that they would have clarity of purpose for this season right here, right now, because we know that you are the God uh, of all things, that you are the creator of all things, that you um, have them here um, in this season, in this moment for a purpose. And Father, uh, God, I just thank you so much for the gift and the blessing of motherhood and just the influential women who are, who are pouring their lives um, into people here today, God. Thank you so much for who you are, God. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.